Hello and welcome to Middle East Matters on France 24. I'm Nadia Massey. Here's what's coming up for you in the show this week. Circling the Kaaba and praying at Mount Arafat, millions make the pilgrimage to Saudi Arabia for this year's Hajj. We head to Beirut, where hostility towards Syrian refugees is growing as the country is gripped by economic turmoil. And a pride parade in defiance of a government ban. Hundreds of members of the LGBTQ community in Istanbul gather despite fears of a crackdown. First then to Saudi Arabia and one of the largest religious gatherings in the world. The Hajj pilgrimage is underway this week with some two million Muslims converging in Mecca and at Mount Arafat. This year's Hajj could be the largest on record, say officials, after several quieter years during the COVID pandemic. Fraser Jackson has the report. Scenes like this haven't been seen for a couple of years, and the experience is living up to expectations. Pilgrims have come from all over the world to stand here in front of the Kaaba in Islam's holiest city, Mecca. Any Muslim would like to be here at the Grand Mosque. I hope everyone can do Hajj. May God grant it to those who wish it. Over the course of several days, more than two million faithful will perform the various religious rituals of the Hajj, all in scorching 45-degree heat. It's the first mass-scale Hajj since COVID. During the pandemic, only a few thousand people were granted authorization to travel to Mecca. The return of pilgrims in such vast numbers is good news for traders. For those selling food, souvenirs and clothes, business is good. This year is much better than the previous one in terms of the demand and influx of pilgrims performing Hajj. Even the number of pilgrims performing Umrah has been on the rise since the beginning of the year. Praise be to God, everything's fine, good. If they are able, every Muslim must make this pilgrimage at least once in their life. But standing at over $5,000 per person, it doesn't come cheap. The Hajj is an important source of income for Saudi Arabia. This year, all hotels in Mecca and its surroundings are full. In total, the kingdom expects to make several billion euros during the period. Well, next to Syria, where Russian airstrikes killed at least 13 people on Sunday in rebel-controlled Idlib province. According to the War Monitor, the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, it was the deadliest attack on the country this year. Rescuers said several bombs hit a vegetable market and that dozens more were injured. Following the attacks, there was no immediate comment from the Russian government, but the Syrian Defence Ministry, which is closely allied to Moscow, said its forces had cooperated in retaliation for earlier attacks. Well, despite that violence in Syria, this year neighbouring Lebanon has deported hundreds of refugees back to Syria. Officially, over one million Syrians live in Lebanon, a tiny country with a population of only about five million itself. And amid a devastating economic crisis in Lebanon, anger towards the Syrian population has soared, as our team in Beirut now reports. In this neighborhood of Burj Hamoud, most of the shopkeepers are Syrians. Refugees who have settled here with their families since fleeing the war in their country almost 10 years ago. Local authorities estimate their number to be between 15,000 and 20,000, a figure that worries Yasmin. This store is also run by a Syrian. 
This retiree has been living in the northern suburbs of Beirut for 45 years. Today, she's having lunch with her neighbor, Ruba. The issue of refugees is at the heart of their discussions. Come in, come in, welcome. Why doesn't the government help us? It's the authorities' fault. They don't fulfill their duty to regulate our lives, rent, the economy, everything. May God forgive them. Nothing escapes him. What about security? Some Syrians assaulted my friend and stole her handbag. They should all leave, all of them. I heard this saying on television, one dead person could not save another, we're already dead. It's unacceptable, even if the refugees regularize their situation, nothing will improve. According to the UNHCR, nearly 900,000 Syrians are registered as refugees, a figure far from the reality, as many do not have valid residence permits. This is the case for Um Khalid and her daughter Malak. Are your papers in order? No, no. Why? You've been living here for a long time. I entered Lebanon illegally. I'm undocumented. These two refugees live in constant fear of being deported. In recent weeks, military raids near their neighborhood have multiplied. I want them to stop insulting us, humiliating us and threatening us with deportation. I hope to regularize my situation so I can move freely without having to endure these hostile behaviors. I have no country, I have no home, I have nothing left. It's very difficult. I think about it every day. And every time I cry, I can't do anything about it. What can I do? The presence of two million Syrians, most of them refugees, according to the authorities, has disrupted the job market in a crisis-ridden country. They represent a skilled workforce that costs much less. But that's not all. Bashir runs a construction company. We meet him at one of his construction sites in the southeast of Beirut. Here, 100% of the employees are Syrians. They accept tasks that many Lebanese consider menial or degrading. We used to hire Indian and Pakistani workers. They went back to their countries, though. Today, the majority of my employees are Syrians. Lebanese people don't like working in construction. They choose other fields and different professions. Some of them even demand higher salaries. Ismail joined Bashir's company in 2014. That year, he was forced to flee Raqqa, his hometown, and the self-proclaimed capital of the Islamic State in Syria. Ismail, how are you? All employees need to fill out a residence form. I have to submit these documents to the municipality in two days. Everything needs to be in order. The situation in Syria prevents me from returning for now. Lebanon has become my second homeland. I have completely settled here. The concerns of the Lebanese people are legitimate. They have welcomed us for all these years. We're very grateful to them, especially considering the difficult period they're going through. If the majority of Syrian refugees have settled in the major coastal cities, others have chosen to live in the mountains. In Faitrun, a village in Mount Lebanon, their number reaches around 700 people, which is one-third of the population. This was revealed by a census conducted by the local administration in early May.
les gens qui sont dans une situation illégale, c'est-à-dire qui sont... For undocumented migrants, for those without a legal status here, or with papers that are not in order, we will forward their data to the authorities, who will take the necessary measures when possible. The issue of Syrian refugees in Lebanon is quite complex. While some refugees refuse to leave Lebanon, others are still awaiting UN assistance to be resettled elsewhere. George is one of them. Once a week, he preaches the gospel in the open air. George advocates with the same fervor for the resettlement of his countrymen. Some countries are willing to welcome Syrian refugees because they have a need for labor. Others do not want them. The UNHCR should reactivate its refugee resettlement program to Europe and the United States. As Lebanon is a small country that hosts far too many refugees, anyone can enter Lebanon illegally. This phenomenon is exacerbated by the lack of political will from the government to seal off illegal crossing points. Every day, dozens of vehicles carrying Syrian refugees cross the border in both directions. Well, we end the program now in Istanbul, where hundreds of Turkish activists have held a gay pride march in defiance of a government ban. At least 50 people were detained by police. Now, homosexuality is not a crime in Turkey, but hostility is widespread and police crackdown on pride parades have become tougher in recent years. James Vecina has the report. Waving rainbow flags and chanting for better rights, hundreds of protesters defied the ban as they marched through Istanbul for this year's gay pride. But the day was cut short as police dispersed the gay and transgender activists. Organizers say around 40 people were arrested in the 21st edition of this annual event. They know we have power, that we have numbers. They're aware that we can create change. They're so scared of us that they don't want us to go out. The instructions given by the governor of Istanbul are clear. Gay pride has no place in his city. The reason authorities say is security. This after 100,000 people took them by surprise as they marched in record numbers through the streets back in 2014. Since then, they've clamped down on the event, banning it from 2015 onwards. Turkey's LGBT community says it fears increased homophobic hatred after Erdogan won re-election in May. On the campaign trail, the president's conservative AK party accused the community of seeking to destroy traditional family values. Day and night I'll be here to support my LGBT friends. I'll go to the police station, I'll be there to give evidence. If they want to kill us, let them come. I know that's what most of them want, but I, as a gay lawyer, am still standing here. Turkey decriminalized homosexuality all the way back in the middle of the 19th century, but it remains strongly rejected by part of the population. And that's it then for Middle East Matters this week. Thanks for watching and do stay with us here on France 24.
France 24, your window on the world. Liberté, égalité, actualité.